2: Hi I'm Dominic Booth and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room. Unfortunately I couldn't be with Paul and Nathan for the podcast, a celebratory version of the podcast today, but I did manage to speak to some Cardiff City fans about the fantastic celebrations on Sunday. Um, Paul Grano, Barry Murphy and Scott Johnson, all regular contributors to this show. They were all fantastic and I'll bring you those conversations in a moment and after that Paul and Nathan will pick the bones out of Cardiff City's fantastic promotion. Roll on the Premier League.
3: Welcome to Blakey's Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast brought to you by Wales Online.
2: So, Paul, just reflecting on a a fantastic weekend, have you uh, sobered up yet?
3: Yeah, actually, uh, I was sensible. I was down in Devon for a long weekend with the family, so me and my uh, 13-year-old had to drive back from Devon Sunday morning and then drive straight back after the game. Right. So, um, yeah, it was all in moderation, but uh, it made the drive worth it, let's Mm. put it that way.
2: Yeah, and, I mean... I guess it speaks volumes that you, you made that effort to to attend. It was the occasion, wasn't it, and the celebrations that followed that, that really made it? Unmissable. Uh, I couldn't... I said to
3: my wife, I said, I've got to go, um, even if it is a uh, sort of five, six hours in the car. I don't care. I've got to be there. Um, I went with my son, my brother, and my dad, who kind of got us into Cardiff as young kids. And um, it was, yeah it was wonderful it was um, definitely one to remember and one to savor and although we've been there before this felt extra special
2: yeah just comparing it to to 2013 under Malky McKay, obviously that the red people have said the red tainted those celebrations a, a little bit but is it more of a united club anyway this time round
3: yeah the red did taint it although i well, will freely admit, at the time, I bought into it in the sense that I was one of those people that thought it was red or dead, and it was a non-negotiable, and we had to kind of embrace the change. I didn't like it. I didn't personally buy a red shirt, but I went with it because it seemed to be the only way forward. But this time around, it's not only is it different because of the blue, um, the fan base is united. The atmosphere around the club is a lot nicer, but it's the way that we've done it. So, before we were almost one of the favourites to go up, Malky had spent relatively big money on people like Maynard, although he was injured, and uh, we'd had the investment, and uh, so people weren't as shocked or surprised that, um, as they are this time. And the ethic and the team work and the, the, the sort of city as one hashtag um, has really sort of put a whole new spin on it and uh, it's way 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 better this time round
2: for sure uh, and a word on Warnock it, you know got his critics outside of Cardiff but you won't find one inside the city will you <laughs> I haven't
3: um, it's strange really I spend a lot of time on social media engaging with fans of other clubs and the allegations are often made that we're long ball merchants that we're thugs that we're anti football whatever that means Um But the stats don't build it up. Uh, We've got one of the better disciplinary records in the league. And for me, football's about entertainment and about winning. And we've had that in bucket loads this season. Whether that's home or away, Warnock has really brought a sort of kind of uh, get it into the box at all occasions
2: type thing. And um, more often than not, it's worked. And it's been wonderful. Yeah, I think one of the words you'd probably use to describe the team is disciplined and organised and all those things as well. Um, Can they stay up, Paul? course you can.
3: Look at the, the sort of bottom 10 in the Premier League this year, maybe even the sort of 12s down or something like that, sort of 8s down. Yeah. Um, they're all relatively similar. Uh, like Warnock said, you know, you disregard the top six really and kind of look at the rest. Cardiff are not that far off. Yes, we've built promotion on hard work and um, a team spirit and the Premier League does need more than that. You, you know, you give the ball away in the Premier League and more often than not, you you're punished. It can end up in the back of the net, type of thing. Cardiff do have players that can that can cope with the pressure, but I do think we need a bit more quality in the centre. A Lee a Lee Tomlin-esque type player, or a couple of them. Uh, maybe some experienced heads that have been there and seen it and done it before and certainly someone up front to help big Ken out I feel sorry for Medine and one of his few supporters I think he he will come good if given the opportunity um, Ken had a couple of chances to finish on Sunday and didn't take it so somebody who can um, regularly stick the ball in the back and then at a real sort of lethal finisher would um, be very handy um, but other than that yeah def- definitely Cardiff can stay up.
2: Excellent mate Very very good to hear you've been uh, obviously following this since since the last time in the in the Premier League era. How does it compare to that? Would you say um, the, pro- the promotion in terms of Malcolm Mackay's team and, and Warnock's team? To be honest, I think the promotion
4: last time, I let the um, the fact we went to the Premier League sort of. Um, overrun the fact that you know all that stuff going on with the red and there's a big divide between the fans. And looking back, I think it did spoil promotion a bit. Looking back at the time, I was sort of caught up with emotional we were up brilliant. Looking back, the bigger picture, it wasn't as great as it should have been because of everything going on. Um, but beyond the pitch, I think similar similar football in a way because we didn't really dominate teams back back then I there were not was there. We, we yeah. never went play played game with dominated teams. We were always seemed to be scraping wins here and there, which became our, our our um our way of playing the season, you know, making great goals, great equalisers. So on the pitch, coming even though we 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 were more comfortable um position wise last time. Our actual ways we we won it wasn't for me wasn't too dissimilar to to this time you know.
2: Do you think there's something about 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 Cardiff and why Warnock has, has really got the club? You know, he's no nobody's minded the the football although I, I don't think it's as bad as some people say. But nobody's minded that it's been a bit direct at ta- at times because it's been up and at him and and exciting to watch. Me
4: at all. I, personally, I like to be a team of big. I would say bully boys, but with a big. Quite aggressive team. We, we do bully some teams, and we, do, we are quite strong arms whatever But,
2: but big it, heart it, as well, Barry. You know, big heart and big passion. Well, I was,
4: was out. Oh, no, there's been, I think, three results this season um, away from home: Red in Fulham, and then it was Sheffield United, where we looked dead, dead and buried. Um, you can also say Brentford away first half hour. But in those games, I, ne- I never panicked into the Warnock. I never think, ah, oh, it's over. I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. negative, because I know this squad, and this team, whatever, whatever team is on that pitch, will fight until to the last minute. Yeah. And I think, that's right. I never, never panicked, all season, I never panicked once all season. There was, there's people on like social media who go go behind, it's all doom and gloom. But for me, I think, wait till the end, let's judge after 90 minutes, because you know in the up he would not let his team give up. So we losing 1 0, 2 0, like in Reading, you know. we like were 2 0 down in Reading. And whoever's on that pitch at the
2: time, they're going to put a, put a foot in until the end. So that's why. It was strength you know, of character, wasn't it, more than anything else?
4: Yeah, amazing, really. It's it's, it's
2: like 11 more knocks on the pitch. I mean, it's. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I I
4: think I, that's how it the, the fans as well, like. It helps the fans together as well because he know they never see their attitudes on the pitch. And that rubs off off the pitch as well, you know, so it's, um, it's a win-win for, um, for me, personally.
2: What about the celebrations this time then, all in blue and, and completely united and it couldn't get much better than what it was, ba- bathed in glorious sunshine on Sunday? Yeah, like
4: I said earlier, I mean, I think I the emotional promotion last time, over the fact that things weren't great off the field, it was red, it was, you know, it was fans arguing, there was all sorts of arguments going on and... In person on social media, and this time it was just all together. I mean, the noise towards the end of the game on um, on Sunday was. I mean, I used to love in Park in York, in and give around the green End, but for me, that,
2: that atmosphere on Sunday was better than anything ever in Indian Park as well. Yeah, it was nice. fantastic. And what did you do after Barry personally? What, what, what was your day like after that? Well, I took my boy to
4: the game. My, boy, my oldest boy's eight. I wanted him to be there for this. He got even ticket, he doesn't go to every single game. I wanted to make sure he was there for this on Sunday, because obviously it's a special occasion. Mm. Um, so we took him down with my best mate, Garrett, who comes every game as well. Drove down, watched the game. Obviously, celebrated after the game on, um, in the stands on the pitch and everything. And then, uh, obviously, took my boy home, and then me and my best mate and a whole of other, um, like, the dad, his friends. Had a basically a promotion party which went on till the was of
2: uh, of Monday morning, so it was uh, superb. Basted it was well in worth the hangover. And next weekend they've got my uh, my stag weekend in Portugal, which has now become a stag stroke
4: promotion party. <laughs> Excellent stuff! So it's so. uh, it's going to be a, a double celebration there uh, on the, the weekend coming.
2: So por- Portugal, rather than parade for you next weekend, is it? Yeah,
4: I didn't, I didn't think of it a parade, but. Uh, I don't mind, They're going be on a, I'm going to be on a, by the side
2: of a pool in 22 degrees heat. No, it's not, uh, not a bad place to be. So I, I, yeah,
4: I don't mind listening the for those reasons, you know I mean,
2: so... Uh, well, finally, um, are they going to stay up and um, if, if you do think they they will, why? I had this conversation a few times recently saying, oh, is this style of football suited to the Premiership But then um, Stoke City then dead for 10 years? Um, is Warnock
4: a Premier League manager like a Tony totally Poulis who played a similar style. He lasted long enough I me mean. Yeah. Um it'll depend on the transfer dealings. I mean, um we all know we need we'll need five or six new players. Um if you look at the Premiership now, you take away the top the top eight teams and there's no one to really feel in that division, do you mean? I was mean, I say there's an established Premier League teams, there's nobody who's gonna come down and destroy us. No, the top, it's six teams are sort of way in front. But the, you look down from there. I don't go up there thinking it's going to be, it's going to be half season. We you know that. You know, we're going to be bottom half probably. But, but with the, with the, um, the attitude that Warnock's instilled into the team, the club, on the tennis I won't go into any game feeling, feeling what are we going to get after. to? I mean, we're going to, we're going to lose more than we win. We're going to, it's going to be a struggle. But, you trust Warnock with the, uh, the transfer side of things on the pitch, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic and uh and positive. You know, I don't expect us to be challenging for anyone near top half. I'd settle for a, you know, survival uh, basically next season. Yep,
2: yeah, thanks for that that's great, Barry, thanks very much. So Scott, thanks for joining us. How do you uh, reflect on on Sunday and are you you finished celebrating yet?
5: Yeah, it was lovely. I mean, I didn't enjoy a minute of the game, really.
2: Um,
5: (laughs) I found it quite stressful. Um, Until Birmingham got their third goal, I didn't really kind of relax into it. I kind of had my son with me. He was only nine and he was chewing his knuckles off, so I was trying to kind of keep it light. But you know, walking up to the ground, seeing everybody in sort of party spirit. I just kept thinking, oh my God, you know, if they don't do it, it's going to be awful. Um, and then the game was a bit of a nothing sort of game. But like like I said, as soon as our third goal went in, it was just a kind of, oh, we're going to do it, you know. And um, it's just been relief, really. I, I don't think it's quite sunk in yet.
2: Yeah, it was, it was sort of tension turning into nerves, turning into excitement sort of thing, wasn't it, on Sunday? Yeah, it's it's
5: really strange, you know. It doesn't often go to the last game. Um, you know, the top two are usually settled by then. So to have so much riding on the last game, you know, I, I, oh, it wasn't really enjoyable. I just I'm just really chuffed now.
2: You know, I'm really chuffed for him. And Warnock set, sort of said throughout the season, you know, this team never make it easy for themselves, do they? And and the style has been has been criticised all over the place, but. It's just that that team spirit and that togetherness that that it sounds sounds cliche, but it got them over the line, didn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean this is the thing. I you know I felt nervous, but I didn't get the impression that they were necessarily nervous. And I kind of felt like that all season. You know, anything that's been thrown at them, they've just kind of rolled with it. And you know, they've exceeded all expectations, and it, it's just amazing. It's just amazing. Like I said, I said still, I'm still a
2: little bit stunned. When will it sink in? Do you think will, will it take this long for for the players and and for other fans to to really realize the magnitude of, of returning to the Premier League? Well, no, I I think everybody you know the if everybody started to talk about kind of you know who might be
5: signed and the fixtures coming out and the new kit and you know it's already the excitement is starting to build um, and. You know, in in, in Warnock's hands, you know
2: we're in safe hands, so it's exciting. You know, it's really exciting. Uh, and obviously, Warnock is a has a a fantastic record in the championship, not so good in the Premier League. I don't see many people around Cardiff fearing, you know, the club pulling the trigger or Warnock not being able to cut it in the top flight. There's relative pos- positivity that he can he can keep them up. Yeah, I mean, I suppose this is the biggie. Really, they've got to have.
5: Complete faith in Warnock in the Premier League. Even if things are not going great, you know, he's got them here and they need to stick by him. You know, he needs, he needs the full season really. It's pointless if they're going to start, you know, things are not going great at Christmas and they start panicking. And, you know, it, 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 I think it would be the worst thing that they could possibly do. I mean, they, they've just got our absolute faith in him because what he's done is incredible. Um, you know, they, they get a lot of criticism for the way they play, but I think they've got an ethos. I think they've got a way of playing, and that's going to work in their favour. Um, I was watching the Swansea game last night, and, you know, Swansea and Southampton both used to have an ethos, but now they just both look a little bit lost, and it's not it's not surprising they're struggling. And I think, you know, you, it's, it's all well and good having an ethos, but you've got to evolve as well. So I think the next thing for Cardiff is, um, a little bit
2: more finesse, a little bit more creativity, um, but but I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be okay. They've got a good core already. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. Really, do, do you think they can stay up? So I'll, I'll change it to um, to what sort of areas you think they need to target in the summit. Warnock's already saying five or six players.
5: I well, think they definitely need, um, you know, a, a, a Lee Tomlin sort of player. I mean, I don't think you'll be inviting Lee Tomlin back. But somebody like Forrest at Sheffield Wednesday or Jota at Birmingham, somebody like that that's going to create chances. Um, I think they need somebody that can do what Kenneth Zahor can do. Um, because, I mean, they brought Medine in. I think the difficulty with Medin is Cardiff play one way and it doesn't suit Medine And they don't change it up when is in the team. They just treat him like Zahor. And it's not doing him any favours. So somebody like Abel Hernandez, um, who plays for Hull,
2: who's just about to get out of contract, I think would be absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um And then I think they need a few more options wide,
5: and probably at full-back, and they probably need another goalkeeper as well.
2: Yeah, it's certainly a, a, a big job on the hands, but it's it sort of sounds a bit wrong to even be thinking about that at this stage. You, you want to just keep enjoying the the promotions. Only a few, you know, only a few days ago that it happened.
5: No, absolutely,
2: and I'm just glad we're not any
5: part of the playoffs as well because the playoffs look like they're going to be pretty
2: brutal this year. So I'm just glad to be away from all of that. Yeah, that would have been nerve shredding if uh, the final. De- if you thought the final day was uh, a bundle of nerves. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Scott. Thanks very much, mate.
3: Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk
1: Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Blakey's Bootroom, the Premier League promotion Blakey's Bootroom. I'm Paul Abandonato, Head of Sport. It's just myself and the legend that is Nathan Blake today. But what a duo to reflect on a memorable weekend for Cardiff City, and what a memorable summer it's going to be ahead, Blakey.
0: Well, um, if we rewind to, I think probably our third or fourth podcast, is this? Or, a, is this an "I Told You So"
1: coming up? It again? is, yeah, yeah,
0: it is. And I, I you know, I'm I'm going to make the most of it because I remember saying to try and get because Cardiff need all the support they can get, yeah, right? and it's not you know, I'm not telling anybody anything what to do, whatever the go, but I did say try and get yourselves back down there because it's going to be a memorable season and it's turned out to be a very memorable special season and uh, I think after the five game back-to-back win, chucking in that Wolves result in there, I did feel that something special was happening and this was going to be a real promotion push and you know I think that we've had our doubters all through the season even towards the end of the season I listened to a programme on one of these Mickey Mouse radio shows talking about um, almost the loathing of Cardiff and everybody wanting Fulham to go up and this that and the other and and I just thought okay we'll see you know there was like Everyone outside of Cardiff was rooting for Fulham and only us, <laughs> the Cardiff fans, were like saying, right, we hope the best happens, we, we, we believe we can get promotion. But it was it was touch and go at times, but mate, I always honestly,
1: in my heart of hearts, I truly believed we were we were gonna achieve what what we'd set out to do. I think I think Sunday was a day that people are just not gonna forget in the Welsh capital. Mm. Um, it started early. I was in the ground mm. quite early myself, so mm. I, I missed the buzz outside. Mm. But uh, one of my children tells me that he'd been in Canton from early onwards, mm. and he said we were just standing outside there eating and drinking, and there mm. was blue everywhere, and mm. blue flares, and mm. you know, it just sounds like there was an absolute carnival atmosphere there. And then two things stood out for me before kickoff Blakey, right? One was, there's two little things that signalled why this was a special day. One was, at what time did the players come out for a warm up? So, about 45 minutes before kick-off, yeah. something like that? Yeah. And the ground was nine tenths empty at the time. But I'm telling you, as the Cardiff right. players came out, led by Morrison, the ovation, it just reverberated around the ground all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And I thought, crikey, that's louder than normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much, much louder than normal. <coughs> Even though the ground was. So empty. And then I remember then looking around again at about quarter past 12, which is 15 minutes before kickoff. Quarter past 10, 20 past 12, right? Now, normally uh, most football grounds and Cardiff City State, no exception, it's empty. At, it's not empty at that point, but it's half empty. And then suddenly everybody comes in in the last 10, 10 minutes or so. Quarter past 12, 20 past 12, that ground was rammed. Mm-hmm. I looked around, looked to my left. Canton stand looked across to the Ninian and the Upper Ninian. Looked to the right to the family stand, the me and the grandstand. Absolutely rammed, and you could just see it was buzzing. It was bathed in sunshine, and you just knew they, it, everyone it was, was a special day. Everyone you know?
0: was anticipating, and was basically the feeling I got because I went outside and done a, a few bits on uh, Facebook or whatever, have You and the feeling I got was nothing was going to stop. The momentum, nothing was going to stop the promotion. It was going to happen, you know, whether no matter what team turned up, it was yeah. going to happen,
1: yeah. and uh, yeah, it, it 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 proved to be the case. Same Is, as that, isn't it ironic that it happened last time with a nil no draw and it's happened again with a pretty underwhelming nil no draw at the end of the game? If you just look at the 90 minutes, yeah, but...
0: yeah, uh, at the end of the day, you know, the hardest thing, um as our neighbours down the road are finding, is to see it out. It's to see it out to the final. You know, you start start celebrating with six or seven games to go and you can come a cropper. As our neighbours are finding out, they celebrated too early. They thought five points was going to see them safe, so they've totally relaxed as a team. Can't afford to do it. And actually, things like the defeat at Derby come back and think, you think to yourself, well, as a professional, that can either galvanise you or it can break you. And what it's done to this squad and what Neil Warnock's been able to do is use that as a, a tool for momentum, actually, a defeat. You know what I mean? Because it's still destiny in your own hands, which is now you're seeing the importance of having the destiny in your own hands because Fulham were always under major pressure. And it's always going to come a point where something was going to give. Now, our defeat against Derby, even though it was a defeat, it was what we had earned. We had earned that, like, get out of jail free card because of our run of eight or nine wins back to back. So we had earned it. So that's why I was never worried, because even with that loss, you still had a point. So we were still in your own hands. So... For me, it was just, there was there was too many things in our favor. If you looked at it on a broad spectrum and started trying to piece things together, there were so many things I felt were in our favor. I just, that's why I say, keep the faith, keep, keep the belief, because I don't really see how we can lose unless we, it's a catastrophe and we just totally collapse and have three or four losses again, back to back. And I thought, well, that's out of our system. That's gone. And every time we've lost since then, we've come back with a result. So, I, you know, I had no doubt. But um, I just think the celebrations after, the fans on the pitch. I think it meant more. I said on radio, it meant more this time because because it was blue. in blue. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's 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 you know very simple that isn't it? But but it it it, it is so significant. Water is simple, it? but without it, you can't survive. Me. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean, Paul? Yeah.
0: It's 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 I think the mistake that the ownership made was complicating a very simple situation. Yeah. You know, you blue, your blue birds. What a simple thing like what are your fans gonna chant? Mm. And what are people gonna chant to them? Mm. You don't understand that, yeah. you see the emotion of promotion, and you will see what relegation means to some people when they're absolutely distraught, destroyed. And as an owner, is tapping in and an ownership and a chief executive and a chair is tapping in and understanding that. Not brushing it aside and thinking, I know best, it's actually tapping into that and having a cohesive plan that involves your fan base because your fan base is your bread and butter. You can't, you know, owners come, owners go, players come, players go. Fans don't go from Cardiff to then support Reading and then go up to the M four when they get relegated and say, I'll support Chelsea and then we they have a stinker in the Champions League, right? I'll start supporting, you know,
1: Tottenham then. Anyway. It just don't work like that. Weren't they uh weren't they magnificent on the day though, Blakey? I mentioned fifteen minutes before kickoff the ground was rammed. The noise never really stopped throughout. Um When they were doing that jumping thing. Yeah, then the Yeah and, and how long's Neil Warnock been in football? Fifty years. Oh, yeah. Um he said to us afterwards, and these were his words, I've never heard a crowd like that. Mm, and mm. you can say, Ah, Neil, you've got caught up in the emotion of the occasion or whatever, but he seemed genuine in saying it, mm. you know, it was, mm. it was like just the whole, the buzz of everything. And, mm. and it was almost like, you're right, it was mm. almost like last time it was celebrated, but it wasn't celebrated as felicitly, as wildly. It was was celebrated, wasn't loved. but it wasn't, it wasn't Yeah, it wasn't loved as much. No. Yeah? It, was, this, it wasn't loved at all, okay. I don't think. It was just celebrated that
0: yeah. we're in the print. It was all superficial, if you like. Yeah. It, it, we, you know, I remember being on with Steve Tucker, and he was saying, "I don't care if they play in red. I don't care." And I was like, "But you don't understand. You know, you're selling your soul." So me, when you tell me you're playing for the badge, I'm playing for my colours. That becomes ingrained into my DNA as a Cardiff player. You disrespect the shirt. You disrespect the colours. You disrespecting every fan of Cardiff City. So you can't just come and tell me you're a fan, and say, I'm prepared to sell my soul then. As a a football fan, I'm selling my soul. That's how I've seen it. Because of what it was drilled into me as a footballer, what your colours, what your crest, what it means. So you play for the badge, you play for the colours. Now, I always said, I use the analogy, if a player comes off and chucks his shirt in front of the manager, fans Mm. never forgive that. Do you know what I mean? yeah. They always think, right, you know, yeah, you've yeah. disrespected us, yeah, yeah. right? So why why would you let someone come along and change your colours and crest? That's disrespectful. But, hey, I'm going on, off on a bit of a tangent. Okay. This is a cel- well, c- celebration and, of and our spe- success. And
1: speaking of celebrations, there is to be a parade this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, as we... Do this podcast thing, I'm just getting texts through now confirming it, but it is due to be Sunday afternoon. Um well deserved. I've even had people come to questioning this, saying, Well, you know, why 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 are they having a parade? They haven't won anything. Why did Wales have a parade? They didn't win anything. And I've had to reply to you, hang on a minute, Wales reached the semi-finals of your 2016. Mm. That is unprecedented. Of course you celebrate. Cardiff have gone into the Premier League they've won promotion yeah they do deserve a parade it's a
0: sense of achievement you've achieved something Wales achieved getting to the semi-finals for the first time ever yeah yeah so it's an achievement yeah if anyone says, well, it's not an achievement because you didn't win anything, well, of course it's an achievement. Yeah. It's an achievement to get through the qualifiers. It's an achievement to get through the rounds. Semi-finals. It's an achievement it's to get through to the quarterfinals. It's an achievement to get to the semi-final. Yeah. It's an achievement to get promoted. Okay, yeah. you haven't gone up as first, but it's first and second goes yeah. automatic. Just yeah. like whoever wins the the playoff when I won the like Wolves, when we won it, we had an open-top-bus parade. Yeah. Of course you achieve, yeah. you've you achieved your goal? Well, was remember, start that? they start remember, out to get to the Premier League? I you achieved
1: when, it. I remember, and I remember grating at the time. I remember when Blackpool beat Cardiff in the playoff final a few years back, beat a much better Cardiff team, by the way, on paper. The following Monday, they were doing this parade on the around the sands of Blackpool and everything. I'm thinking that should be Cardiff, mm. you know? So yeah, of course you do it. Of course you, 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 yeah. you know. Those who say why yeah. you achieve, and yeah. those who are a bit bitter and twisted. So, so the message, killjoys, come on, celebrate! Don't, mm. don't mm. moan. It's Can't not Cardiff fan this. saying that, though, is it? Not Cardiff kind of fan said that to you. Well, some of them are Welsh fans, even. It's ridiculous. Anyway, let's move on. They deserve the parade. Absolutely. Of course they deserve the parade. Um, We'll end part one here, this celebration special, promotion celebration boot room special. We'll end part one here. And in part two, we'll actually look ahead to the Premier League.
3: Got a question for Blakey? Tweet us at Cardiff City Live.
1: Blakey, Cardiff yeah. City are a Premier League team for two 19 Yeah. yeah. Will come on in due course to perhaps players they should look at, but how much does the team need to evolve for the Premier League? And how do you think they will get on in the Premier League? I'll kick start this, if I may, with, mm-hmm. with both Neil Warnock and Vincent Tan in the immediate aftermath of Sunday's celebration saying that Burnley were the kind of team that Cardiff now want to model themselves on, that they don't want to be spending silly money, which is what Tan called it. Um, Warnock clearly has a huge admiration for Sean Dyche, but he he actually made an interesting point. He said, listen, let's remember that when Burnley went up, they actually came down the following year. But they stuck by Sean Dyke more recently. Mm -hmm. Then they went up, and I think they finished 14th, last season and they're gonna finish seventh this season. We've done it at now, Bolton. But Blakey seventh. That is the next best outside the big six. It's mm. an extraordinary. The finished there a few years ago, didn't they? They weren't and quite as high as seventh. But um but what what um yeah, they got into Europe as a as a result of winning the, cup. the League yeah, Cup, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. But but what um <clears throat> what do you what do you make of that?
0: Well first of all I wanna say I hope uh that the owner doesn't sell the club. But if he does, then I hope that people come in, come in with, you know, a good structure and a good strategic plan for the near, the mid and the distant future. That's the first thing. As far as Neil Warnock, I would say I don't think you can play the football we've played in the Premier League. I think too many teams are too they've got too many talented players Right, even in the likes of Burnley don't finish 7th by just being an up and at um, hard working team they've got some unbelievably quality players Yeah, then that looks at your, your uh, scouting network so they've got to have that in place um, and I've also said I think Neil Warnock should bring in a coach yeah uh, a, a tried and tested at Premier League level coach because I don't think you're going to get a better motivator for the players he's got than Neil Warnock. But strategically, we've had problems this season against Sheffield Wednesday, against like the Fulhams, who play against Wolves. And Wolves, when we beat them up there, they come down here and they rotated. So what they had done, they had watched opposition, watched games of how we'd struggled and then put it to the test, and succeeded, yeah? And Karanka with Forrest tried it for the first 20 minutes, but where they've not got the quality, or don't play that constantly, they weren't able to sustain it, but they were giving us problems. So stepping into the Premier League, most if not all teams play that sort of football, even Burnley. Burnley don't throw it out from the back, Man City-esque, and play through you but they kick it long, wing the second ball within your half and then look to play through you. So even with someone like Chris Wood up front uh, or Voxie, they've got a target man, but they don't play to target football all the time because they've got some great wingers, some great central midfielders. So I think the next step for Cardiff, is, which is progression to me, would be if I was Neil Warnock, great Roddy Jepson on my left flank Kevin Blackwell on my right flank but I need to bring someone in now who's going to coach yeah who's going to say to me A, B and C and I'm going to say well we'll do A we'll do B but I want to go to C in a different fashion to what you. so he's the leader he's the decision maker and the buck stops with him but someone who goes out and wants to coach coach, 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 coach because I feel Cardiff are not going to have to change but going to have to adjust the way they play because they're not going to get away. As Kenneth Zahour up front against two centre defenders in the Championship, nine times out of ten, won that battle. You say with the exception of Wolves, lost that battle. He's going to lose most battles 2v1 mm. when up in the Premier League yeah. because the defenders are better, are quicker, and have seen and played against quality players for the last however many years. So, they're going to be used to seeing most things up against them, right? So, for me, the next step is bringing a coach. doesn't undermine you at all. Because, you know, we're not, not going to oh. feel undermined, or he's oh. not going to feel, because it's going to be his decision. Yeah. But that's what I would look for yeah. now, so, is, so is to get that coaching level, that those ideas, those things. Because like I've had on about, when when they're inside the opposition's half, they hardly ever play in the horse feet, when he's on the edge of the yard box. Now, that's something that hasn't been utilised and you've still got promoted. Yeah? Bennett, very rarely will play a, a ball into him, into his feet, or Gunnarsson, or Rowles. But now, these are things that, in the Premier League, once you and the opposition's half, it's how you're going to open them up. Because they're not going to open up and just say,
1: go on in. They recognise where your strength is and then they checkmate it. So let's 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 go through some players, um, and and obviously we can always say, oh, they can be squad players, but let's in terms of a starting eleven for the Premier League, goalkeeper, good enough, Etheridge. He certainly impressed me as the season's gone on. Yeah, I would start with
0: him. Yes, okay, I would definitely start with him because I think you know to do what he's done takes mental strength, yeah. mental character. It and does come on me, this box as well. If you show him love and you show him. You're my main man. Once you tell a player, any player, you're my number one, you get an extra 10% out of him anyway. So if he goes into the Premier League knowing he's number one, he's got the shirt, it's his to lose. Rather than if someone comes in, a bigger name, Mm. all of a sudden he starts thinking, oh, am I going to be number two? And then pre-season games, the, the big money signing or the big name starts before him. You you start to deplete, you start to lose average, right? So I would start with average. I would give him that loyalty. That's me personally, because I think he's done not good. I think for you to come in not as number one
1: and end up as number one and promoted, you have to say you've done brilliant as a keeper. Um, Fullbacks, Joe Bennett will be fine. Lee Peltier, they probably need a new right back.
0: Joe Bennett will be fine, but in my opinion, he needs to become, because... It's not I'm not think I don't think he can. He can can because I've seen him do it 100 percent But he needs to become more attack minded. Right. And yeah, I that's, think that's where the coaching comes yeah, that's, in. That's, that's and then you play tracks. forward more, yeah. right? Yeah. Because he's gonna become very important. He's a very good defender. He's quick. He's sharp and he put probably puts the best left footed ball in for yeah. everybody. Yeah. So he becomes not just a good mm-hmm. defender. But a great weapon going forward. So he's been to me. You this season utilized probably about sixty yeah. percent of his full worth. On so better days at left. On back.
1: the other side, can Jazz Richards perform that role? Jazz, I don't know because we, we accept that Peltier isn't a great goal. Yeah, forward. we're just going
0: off Euros though with with Jazz, and you you get yeah. carried on that euphoria yeah. and everything. Yeah, week in week out, Premier League football. He's got to prove it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peltier, Peltier, I would say. I would, I would hundred percent keep. I wouldn't let him go anywhere because
1: I think he can do a job but in the Premier League. Back up more than anything. But
0: well, no, because at the end of the day, you're going in. You don't want to be going in with two flying attacking okay. defender fullbacks. Yeah, you know, you got to think to yourself. If if I'm encouraging Bennett to go forward a lot more, I'm quite happy for Peltier to sit a lot more then and become one of a three. Who can then adjust and have one in front of them? So you've always got those four plus a keeper. You've always got a defensive structure of five. Okay. So I say coaching comes in port because then what I would say, Bennett goes forward, I would say to Bamba, you step across 10 yards, Morrison, you step across 10 yards, and Powder, you step across. So you become a back three and then you've got a Gunnison or something like that sat in front of you. So you've always got a solid foundation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So what about what about the three centre backs, Blakey? The three centre backs. Uh, I you know I I still think I would bring in, I would still bring in defensive players, but it's to shake and make sure because I might I might bring in a player. You know, I no one's guaranteed their place. Nobody, right? But I might bring in a player, and they obviously. The fans are going to crave signings. We are going to crave signings. So the players I bring in, I'm, I'm hoping they're better than what I've got. But, 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 but that's then what happens, Paul, sorry, is so Neil Warner brings in Paul Abandonato as a striker. Nathan Blake is playing as a striker. Now, it's up to me. I got to think, he thinks he's coming to play in number nine, but I'm going
1: to go up in my level of performance. But what do you need to, in Bamba, Manga and Morrison... He says he wants not swap his centre backs for anybody, right? Which yeah, you is, say which the right things top, at the right time. Yeah. But do you think that all three of those can cope with the quickest oh, strikes in the Premier League? No. Absolutely not. Right. So not there's... the quickest strikers in the Premier League. No, so so does he need more pace in the back there? Is that what yeah, you're thinking? Yeah, or... I think he does. I think he does. I think he does. Mm.
0: So but you you love you love Bamba though, don't you? You love Yeah, I love Morrison. I love Manga. I love Bamba. I love them all. Yeah. I think, you know, all, all I ever do, Paul, is try and give you, as if I was a coach or a manager, yeah, yeah. give you my eye as what I think can improve and can improve. Yeah. Have we seen the best of Morrison? Have we seen the best of Manga? Have we seen the best of Bamba? Not in my opinion, no. Yeah. I think they can all go up another level. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. And in order to be successful and stay in the Premier League, they're going to have to. all yeah. what happens is... You find someone who can. And when players come in, it puts pressure on you to then
1: perform at the higher level. Yeah. Simple as that. Okay, well, let's let's move further forward in the team. Gunnison, I think we can all accept, will be fine if he stays as a Premier League footballer. Yeah? Mm-hmm. He'll be captain of a team at the World Cup, fitness permitting, so yeah. he'll have what it takes.
0: But, but let's not look at this as in, right, he's nailed on. No one's nailed. Okay. Right? Gunnison if he stays... He doesn't automatically play.
1: No. You don't get given your shirt. No. You earn your shirt. Well, Rawls and Patterson, can there's, they do it in the Premier a, League?
0: Don't know. They're going to have to prove it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They are, aren't they? You're yeah. going to have to,
0: everyone. Yeah. yeah. Bamba, I love the bits. Yeah. Morrison, love the bits. Peltier, I love the way he play. I love him the bits. I love them all. That's what I'm saying. But I understand there's no, there's, there's no loyalties in football. It's only only winning. And success. And in order to get a winning team that's successful, success would mean staying in the Premier League and then building and trying to go again. Everybody's position is up for grabs. Okay,
1: well let us let's let's take that again a little stage further. Can Kenneth Zahora Kenneth horse, sorry, I keep pronouncing his name wrongly, and your favourite Junior Hoyler, can they succeed in the Premier League? Of course
0: they can. Of course they can. Every I think every player that's played this season can succeed in the pre- in the Premier League, right? Every single player that's played can succeed in the Premier League. But saying it and doing it, is <laughs> it's completely different things. If you go out on the first day and you're getting overrun, and the second game you're getting overrun as a full-back, or a keeper you're dropping balls, or a striker you're missing chances, I'm going to have to get someone in who can. Simple as that. And I don't wait until the event. I bring them in, in order to push your concentration, performance level, up to a point where, when the chance comes your way, you take it. When you need to defend your goal, you keep a clean sheet.
1: I mean, the, the silly season is already, is the celebration of, uh, not died down by any means, but obviously people are beginning to look at, all oh, where do, where the Cardiff need strength, blah, 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 I'm told that he's looking at six players. He's looking at a right back a striker whether that's a backup to Ken or, or an alternative what I'd say is oh. let me just stop
0: you there there's no backups alright a wise player everybody is up once you go into pre-season yeah. there's a Kenneth haven't got the shirt no you know fans media we've got to understand yeah. no one's got the divine right I don't care what you've done Yesterday and got promoted. Today's a new day. Okay,
1: so I'll, all right, I'll, I'll rephrase that. A right back, mm-hmm. a striker, mm-hmm. a winger, mm-hmm. and possibly two to three midfielders. Mm. Would would that surprise you that he's looking in those areas, or would you agree those? No, are that- I'd have so whatever that is towards his plan. Yeah, is his plan.
0: Yeah, but I would if if I'm in his position. I'm looking at the positions where I think, naturally, I think I will have to strengthen. Yeah, But I'm looking then, also, I'm looking at my budget, and I'm making sure I've got enough money in my budget to be able to say, Paul Abandonato, this Italian um, centre-forward, is in a situation where he's coming to the end of his contract, he hasn't been playing... He's him and the manager have fallen out a bit and Atlanta are willing to take £2 million for him and I know I've seen my scouts have seen this lad for the last two years yeah. and they've told me if you get him right and you got him under your wing he's a, he's a £40 million player all day yeah. those are the sorts of deals that Neil Warnock should be looking yeah. at and, and having his spies and fingers in pies out there looking Yeah. but you know whatever his plan is structurally through the team is one thing but then you also, you also leave yourself a little ticket that if a beautiful swan goes floating by, you can grab it and say, come into my pond, rather than, do you know what I mean?
1: If, if I were to ask you to name one player that you think will be an absolute sensation in the Premier League from the current team, who would you say? Who ticks the boxes? Who? Bamba? Bamba? Yeah. I love that. I love Sol Bamba as much as you do now.
0: I'm not saying I'm not saying it everyone knows I love him, right? But like I say, I love all the players. But I just think defending as an art in the Premier League yeah. isn't what it used to be. Right. Right? Striking in the Premier League isn't what it used to be. When I played in the Premier League, to be considered to be deemed the top striker, you had to score 20, 25 goals. Yeah. Now, I'm looking at Premier League striker figures in seven, eight, nine, ten. And you're in the top eight or nine of the Premier League. As in, in the table. You could be, you know, Burnley's top striker, I bet, hasn't got double figures. Yeah. That's how I mean. You look at, there's,
1: there's either the extreme Harry Kane. Well, I think I read something, I because I was doing some research on Burnley because of the analogies. And I think that Ashley Barnes, who's their second striker, isn't he? As in terms of getting yeah, off the probably big man, seven, eight goals. I think I think he's he scored earlier this season. He scored his sixteenth Premier League goal, which which is the Burnley record in the Premier League. That, Sixteen. That's yeah. my point.
0: Troy Dealy, great Troy Dealy, great striker. Doesn't have. There's no pressure on the strikers to yeah. get twenty goals anymore. Yeah. There's only to get double figures. If you get the ten or eleven. You deem that success successful so, so season So why,
1: why do you think Bamba will stand out so much?
0: I just think he's got I've always said he's got old school in him. The way he plays, the way he leads. I always think he got he's got a lot of old school in him. And I do think that, like I said, defending is an art and I think he's he paints pictures regularly. Yeah. You know, yeah. that last ditch sliding tackle he's got yeah. that extended leg and yeah. things like that. Ain't gonna lose any headers either, is he? No, and I think that that is something that I would say to him: do it less. What the
1: last stitch tackle yeah, tackles? Yeah,
0: because it tells me we're in a better position. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he so. is now. But that's for him. Then that's what I say. His performance level goes up again. So he knows he's got
1: the last stitch extended leg in the bag. But the less you use it, that means you're in a bad position less. Do you think, given that they are up against a much superior quality of opposition, that he might play the three of them, Manga, Bamba and Morrison, to start the season? I think,
0: yeah. I think he'd probably give them the opportunity, yeah. Yeah. I also think Zohor would be a a success. I really do. Yeah. Because I don't think there's many defenders who will be used to that size and stature of player who can also run. Yeah. And run fast. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But what Cardiff can't afford to do is leave him like isolated like they did for much yeah. of the season up until yeah. Yeah. the yeah. Patterson.
1: This move, is where the coaching comes in. Right? And this yeah. is where the coaching comes yeah. in. Paul. So, yeah. what, what about Neil Warnock himself, Blakey? Again, I was looking at yesterday. I think he feels there's unfinished business in the Premier League, right? He, he, had, he feels that
0: he's got th- he's it to prove. He knows yeah.
1: that. But he, he, had, he had three months with Crystal Palace. Mm. And was sacked. He Which had. He took QPR up mm-hmm. and was dismissed in January. And remember when he, when you did the boot room special with him mm. two, six weeks ago, whenever mm-hmm. it was, you could see his bitterness was coming out. Then he still has remember <laughs> yeah. that he said <laughs> well, the he d- agent of a certain. You know, you well, know. Sheffield
0: United then, weren't
1: successful when he left QPR. And then Sheffield United, obviously, he, at least he had the full season with them, mm-hmm. but they, but they went down. You know, mm-hmm. so is he? He's got it to prove. He knows that he's got it he he would
0: like nothing else I think than to go play in the Premier League stay in the Premier League that kills off all them critics who say yeah he's a good championship manager but he can't manage in the Premier League because for me he's like a he's like a Fergie and best wishes to Fergie by the way hope he gets well soon but he's like a Fergie but what Fergie done is have great coaches that's why you've seen uh, McLaren come and the, the, the Portuguese gentleman come and then Phelan come. and He constantly evolved the coaching while he stayed at the helm, dictating. And that's what I think Neil Warnock can do. Rather than think, I'm going to get on the training pitching, I'll tell you what, I'm going to step back and I'm going to put someone in between to do the coaching. Me and my staff, we've still got our little trio, but I'm going to bring another person in who I know. And I tell you what, Ronnie, you can you can bounce off him and learn off him. Kev Blackwell, you can bounce off him and learn at him. Why, even though Kev's coached at the high level and managed at the high level, Ronnie decent level, Neil top and decent level, this guy has gone and he's done he's been successful at that club, successful at that club, successful at that club. But under my supervision,
1: simple as that. Okay, we'll end this section, and we'll move into a very brief look at Blakey's Alternative Awards.
3: You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online.
1: Okay, section three of the podcast today, we're going to ask Blakey, for his awards for the season. The players had their player of the year due on Sunday after the game. Mm-hmm. Crikey, what a night that must have been. But let's ask Blakey what he thinks. Who has been Carter's best player this season? Really? Sol Bamba Oh, Morrison and Hoyler and Joe. Well, and I, I would go
0: I would go I would go Bama first and then you can for me. You can put Etheridge, Morrison, um, Hoylet. You can put them and you can second, third, fourth, how you like, really. Morrison just tips it for me. Because I know people were thinking oh, recently Morrison's goals at Hull. But if Brentford had been in the Hull's position and Bamber had scored that will the and it was closer, Bamba, for me, would have got it. It's just, people just remember the latest and the last thing, even though he's had a great season. But for me, it would go Bamba, then you can tell me Morrison, you can tell me uh, Hoylett, you can tell me Average. I'm not bothered.
1: Okay, think, I'm going to... Uh,
0: those four, the four of them, you know, when I hear Morrison had won it, am I correct? Yes. I hear Morrison had won it. I wasn't disappointed and I wasn't surprised. I thought it's well earned, mate. Really well earned. Yeah. Because what he's been able to do for me is when he first came he would make an error which always led to a goal or a goal scoring opportunity. And we just haven't seen that from him at all. But like I've said to people, Danny Gavadon especially, it's since manga's played alongside him, that seems to have disappeared. Mm which tells me he's gained confidence through having someone with that leadership quality, even though he'll lead, he just doesn't lead like like Morris, uh, like
1: Bamba. I think, well, I think he would concede that. Listen, I, I committed to print the other day that I would give it to Morrison, but quite frankly, there is a cigarette papers width between him and Bamba for me. It mm. could be either of them, mm. not either, you know, either of them. Mm. Um, What about an unsung hero? Now, I'm going to throw one up here, who I know you've mentioned him already, but I think he's gone under the radar, and that's Joe Bennett. I think he has established himself as a truly outstanding championship left-back now to play in the Premier League. Mm. And I think one of the reasons Cardiff have gone up is because Joe Bennett snubbed Fulham back in late August Mm. remember he could have made a lot more money by going to London Mm. and I think it would have had a double edged sword for me Blakey because number one Cardiff would have lost his excellence which has got better and better as the season has gone on but number two he and Cessignan down Fulham's left would have formed a formidable partnership and that could have even got galvanised Fulham quicker than they earlier than they had done and so that again could have, as he and Hoylet did, as he and Mendes yeah. Lang did I mean, at what, times. Who would be your unsung? I,
0: I wouldn't you're... argue with that, Paul. No, I would. I would. You know, or Edridge, because I think when you know, I think it's harder when you come from behind the pack and in to fight for the number one. Because I think Bennett, as you said, was the number one and snubbed Fulham, which made him even more influential as in or oh, made it even more influential for him to keep that number number three shirt but he still has to play well and keep it but I would say um, I'd, al- I'd also say Etheridge because like I said coming from and um, being the number one making it own shirt I would say Hoyle. he would th- throw in there as well because he's coming off the back of a couple of years of wilderness really mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I like nothing more than when people say, oh, he can't, he's this and that, and then you come back and stick it right in their face. And I think that's what he's done, not just with his performance level, but then going on and getting promotion back to the Premier League Mm. as one of the main players, Mm. more main performers. I think you can chuck him in there. Zahor, you can chuck him in there. If he had the, I think if he and Mendes Lang, they had similar seasons. I think, they they were close to it as well. But they had similar seasons but the reasoning between their performance for me was different because like I said you've seen the best of Mendes uh seen the best of Mendez Lang early on in the season. He does tireless work which not people always recognise and then he come back into good form towards the end of the season. Ken's a much better footballer than Mendes Lang though, but, isn't he? Uh Ken at Saho I I felt it was the problem was isolation for him Yeah, and when you moved another player closer to him and yeah. took some weight off him because Patterson you could put Patterson in there even though he's been in half a seen what he's done is you know take away his goals and performance level and what he's then lent to Zahor I mate, it's, I, it, I could make, probably make a case for
1: everybody um, I'd certainly, I mean, uh, clubs clubs throughout Cardiff and the surrounding area, they have end-the-season awards and they tend to have players player and coaches player, that sort of thing, and they always have a most improved player award. Mm. And for me, that would go to Etheridge this season because, you know, I, I had my doubts about him early on. Um, yeah. But he's really, he had a big last five months in 2018, didn't mm. he? A big...
0: Well, he, was just, he just made no mistakes, saved things, Made great saves, come from crosses. Oh, that's what I like. He you
1: comes know, he, he's he, he, he just he just. I was watching the Swansea Southampton game on Tuesday night, Blakey, and Fabianski is clearly an outstandingly good shot. He's there. only sure he don't right? come from crosses, but he. But I was about to say there were crosses coming in inside a six yard box, he wasn't coming for them. Mm. Etheridge is coming close to his penalty box for them. Yeah, yeah. And I remember early doors, he made a clangor with one, and he dropped it, but I remember saying then. I'm not hanging them out to dry for that. I would rather have a goalkeeper who's going to do these things and will it make the occasional error than somebody just stays on his line and lets somebody People head home mistakes, from a corner from, from top six yards. Top you know? keepers in
0: Champions Leagues, seeing keepers pushing balls into strikers yeah. in quarterfinals and semifinals of Champions League games. It, it happens, mate. You know, you can't, you can't judge a season or judge the player on making a mistake you don't judge a player when he gives a ball away or you know, if he continues to give the ball away all the time, then that's different. But keeper striker misses a chance, you know, you don't drop him for the next game. Do you understand what I mean? So I think you afford the keeper a bit more leeway, if I'm honest, because mistakes are highlighted more. You know, if a striker misses a chance and you lose the game one nil or draw the game nil nil. People go, oh, yeah, he had a chance, could have won it for him. If a keeper drops a clank, like, oh, he's cost his team. So it, it's, it's, you know what I mean.
1: It's, it. I always say it's more difficult for a keeper. Um, so let's project forward a year. Mm-hmm. Where will Carter finish in the Premier League? Oh, mate, there's, there's your, there's your impossible. Well, what I hear of... and what I know, and what you've said has
0: come out from the club. About not spending tons of money, I don't really know what that means. Because, like I've said a few weeks ago on the show, um, last time they we were there, you know, paying £10 million for a player, now that player is £20 million or £30 million. So, I'm not sure what spending lots of money, you know, if they think they're going to spend £10 quid total. And stay in. I think that becomes. Nigh on impossible. Not impossible. Nigh on impossible. I think they are going to have to. Strengthen squad wise. And they've got. There's certain players who. Played some football. And sat on the bench a lot. There's other players who played a lot. And sat on the bench very few times. Well some of those players will become bench players. Yeah. And some of the players brought in. Will start the season. But you're not going to get. You know, where I think Neil Warnock worked is Magic and got a, a Mendez Lang or a Junior Hoyler or a Saul Bamba. You know, those are very difficult to find if you haven't got a, a, a European stroke yeah. global scouting network. You know, and Golo Kante is out there, but it's hard to find. Yeah. You, you know, You know, they don't turn up by accident. That turns up, you know, through a lot of hard work. But if you've got the people in place and their drive is money, their drive is success for you and your football club and loving what they do, then you, you'll be okay. Well, I'm an addiction for the season. Yeah.
1: <sighs> well, uh,
5: prediction
1: for the season.
2: Sixteen. Sixteen.
1: See, I think most Cardiff fans would accept that. Mm. I really do. Particularly <laughs> exactly after what happened hey, last Oh, well you have to build. I mean, I you Warnot me that Neil, he made another really good point immediately after the game and I do he told the players this in the dressing room. He said, Study the fixtures, but do not be overawed by them. Right? You take the top six out and anybody can be anybody in that division. And I think that's proven by the fact that Burnley are the next best team, if you like, ahead of your Everton's, your Leicester's, your West Ham's, your Palace's. If Huddersfield and Brighton can survive, I think Cardiff can as well. I'm going to predict 17th, which is a place below Blakey, but 17th with safety. Yeah, but Brighton don't stay there because they were given it. There's a whole heap of
0: things. Chairman, board, chief exec... Cardiff are pulling in that one ownership direction now, though, aren't they? For then, a change, well, they yeah. are at the moment, Paul. Yeah. But we don't know, you know, I'm hearing all sorts, so we well, don't know what yeah. the future holds. We hope it stays united, yeah. Yeah, we hope it stays cohesive, and we hope it's got a bit of longevity in this. But yeah, they are gonna have to go in, and your ultimate gain is staying and then season after next, you can then look to build on a bit more yeah. and build on a bit more. But Burnley finished seventh, it's no finish it's no good finishing seventh once. You've got to be finishing and that's where I think neighbours down the road, you've totally taken your eye off the ball. Hugh Jenkins successful and then all of a sudden just fighting relegation for three or four seasons. Taking your eye off the ball. Taking off what made you successful but you don't keep doing the same thing. You're always looking for that slight improvement next season on top of what we done last season. Even myself as the chief executive or director of football, what can I improve 5%? And can we then prove our team 5%? And it's, it's ever-evolving, mate. And soon, the minute you sit, sit still
1: in football, it just engulfs you, swallows you. Well, Blues fans, there's all the transfer speculation, there's the parade this Sunday... There's the summer to look forward to. Yeah. The, the fixtures are out. It's something I've, I've got the date written down somewhere, it's something like the um 14th or the, the 21st yeah, of June. Yeah, but anyway, it's, Cup, it's 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 yeah. mid-June. It's mid-June, just after the World Cup has started. Um and obviously then there's the big kickoff in August. But whatever happens, all the best Blue Buzz news, as usual, plus the Blakey's Boot Room podcast will all be on Wales Online, your unmissable, unmissable um, Cardiff City reads. Have a great summer, everybody. See you soon.